So Dominique, the final countdown. Dominique's going on vacation next week, Spencer. Where's Dominique going? Dominique, does he want to disclose that, or is that uh... sure? I'm fine. I mean, I'm going to Aspen, and then we're going from Aspen to Miami, and then we're coming back home. You know, in 1981, I would have just arrested you on the spot for the <laughs> Aspen totally. to Miami to somewhere in the Mid Atlantic route, because I'd be like, "You're moving weight." <laughs> oh yeah, no. This is this is where you check Dominic's Venmo history, and it's all like, "What are these skiing emojis?" <laughs> yeah, he's got a lot of friends com- who ski. The combination of Aspen and Miami, yeah, it's a lot mm-hmm. of white stuff. <laughs> Speaking of white stuff, Alabaster, what's going on? Hello, friends. Um, got an NCAA question. Are you with the Notre Dame AD and president pushing for an NFL minor league? and an end to the one-and-done rule in the NBA. So I feel like as soon as Spencer Hall processed the concept of an op-ed written by the AD and president of Notre Dame, there was something like, uh, almost like a Vietnam-style flashback to just Mm -hmm. repressed, repressed things that he has long sought to not have to deal with. But Spencer, to me, the idea of like a minor league in the NFL, we should talk about that, and a one-and-done rule in the NBA, let's talk about that too. Like, that's at least a conversation, right? This is this is a specific set of things that they are proposing that I actually find interesting, even if I believe, spoiler alert, the minor league is stupid and the one and done rule also stupid. So I agree at least on one of the two things. Let me, people who are in charge of large institutions excel at one thing. Let's get started on all of these great ideas no one will do. That's it. I got a <laughs> lot of great ideas. And you know what they're all designed to do? Kick the can down the road. These men are closer to retirement than they are to solving another problem or having to solve another problem. Neither of them has any real incentive to do anything other than grant the one thing they have to grab. If you read this um, op-ed from the New York Times, um, the one thing that they mention that they'll give on, like, well, you know, we'll give on this. Students should go ahead and make money from their name, image, and likeness. Do you want to know how you get promoted to a position like this? Go ahead and say that the thing that's already happening is great. That's it. Win some goodwill by being like, hey, you know that thing that you guys have already earned? We get to keep it. That's it. There's this, There's nothing. If you suggest that the NFL needs a minor league, guess who else has to be on board with that? The NFL. The NFL ain't paying for that. The NFL's not paying Lamar Jackson. They're not going to pay for a minor league. <laughs> they, they're not going to spend dollar one more than they have to, and they have had free developmental work done by college football, for better or for worse, for the better part of their existence. That's, that's the basics here. Um, an end to the one and done rule in the NBA. Hey, sure. Someone is like, these are again, ideas which are potentially interesting, good, and which will never happen because they're all a distraction from the real issue, which is that none of these people have any incentive to fix it. They've already had their hand forced on NIL. They will continue to have their hand. So I understand you can get into this. The idea that these are all interesting proposals. Yes, they're interesting. Are they practical? No. And should anybody who's an advocate for players' rights, should anybody who's an advocate for fairness generally, if you are a free market capitalist, you should be appalled by any suggestion to the contrary of pay them. Pay them what they are worth. So yeah, like practically, I have an answer and it's no. Like the answer is no. This is a word more people need to learn. Like I love that you can get in policy debates like this, but ultimately you got to hurt somebody in their wallet. That's what you have to do in order to get something done. The tough thing about this is that they almost seem like good ideas 
because they're compared to the way that things actually exist. And so like <laughs> when I start reading this, I start from a place of skepticism totally. and, and anger because of the people and the names that are involved and because of the history of the organization. And so then I'm reading it and I caught myself at some point like, oh man, okay, it's a new, yeah, like getting mm -hmm. softer on it. And then I finally realized like, no, this is them being pushed in a direction and giving as very as little as possible. And you know what tends to happen? Not what tends to happen, what always happens. The people with the most power and influence position themselves in a way to succeed and benefit the most whilst the people at the bottom are being exploited. And that's what's going to happen in any new program that's instituted by someone who is the AD at Notre Dame or someone who is the president of the NC, the new president of the NCAA. All those things will continue to happen. They're not looking to make things fair or right or just. They're looking to make things uh, profitable and as beneficial to them and the people that they know and the people that they care about, which are not the, the athletes who tops are going to spend four or five years there which is not enough time to garner enough power or interest or desire mm -hmm. at the age of 18 years old to organize and get the strength that they need so if there are going to be rules instituted that are anywhere close to fair you can't have someone who's playing in the game write the damn rules well, well this is the thing about the game is that they've recognized okay nil is here to stay they have said loudly like we're okay with it they've also said loudly we're still not going to want to pay players like employees right. and so within those two constraints what else is there to do and this is why we get like the shark tank of ncaa reforms where it's like what about a minor league well for various reasons i am out spencer alluded to them already but the point here is like okay i am happy that there is some recognition that you can't go backwards. What they seem to be wanting to do though, is figure out a way to get professionalism still out of the sport. And that's why the minor league is an idea. It's because all the people who just wanna be pros, pre-professionals, go do that. We wanna do the thing where we marry, and this is Notre Dame's whole conceit, we marry academics and athletics, and they will dress it up and they will put it under the umbrella of protecting women's sports. And there's a complicated conversation, of course, about how these things get funded. I don't wanna make that seem super simple, but, but Dominique, that to me is, okay, Spencer is pointing to the mm -hmm. sky and in that direction, Notre Dame has, has a lot of stakes. So what are you pointing at? Yeah, Andy Staples had a great point about this. Since 2003, here's revenue. Notre Dame, Jack Swarbrick and company, uh, I believe it's John Jenkins in this article, make this argument that, yeah, revenue since 2003 has gone up. It's gone up. And if we take away that, it'll be a threat to other sports. You know how many sports Notre Dame has added since 2003 as varsity sports? Nada. Zero. Zip. None. Where's that? Like, it is, there are several points in this article where if you take another step, it's damning. What an indictment of their stance. The things that they assert are. If you say oh, well, this is a threat to sports. You can see revenues skyrocketed since 2003. Well, went in a hole, didn't it? Where, where'd it go? Where, where, what, what did y'all do with but, it? You yeah. know, uh, the second thing is this, that in that they make the argument that they really only want, you know, this like limited legislation. Okay, if the Supreme Court, the NLRB or someone else says athlete, student athletes are not student athletes, they are employees. The legislation is huge because it acts, it asks them, to overturn that status. That's massive. Asking Congress to do that is a massive piece of intervention that I, that is, by the way, unpopular, deeply, like deeply unpopular. So let's see, we've asked the NFL to make a minor league. 
which they're, they're not going to do, and they're too cheap to do. They're not going to do it. Um, we've asked Congress to do something. That's not going to happen, for better or worse, <laughs> right? Something that's yeah. wildly unpopular. Oh, Congress is totally, they got free time right now, Spencer. What do you mean? Yeah, we've solved every other problem. My favorite thing. Yeah, this is this is nonsense. You can't you, you can't Maybe. ask the butcher to fix right. the welfare of the cattle. You can't. So they also um, suggest like injury concerns. So you um, sustain injuries while you are working for these teams, and they suggested that you add a trust fund, an injury trust fund. So to me, it feels like they know that some people are like hopelessly biased. And they just want to give them something to say. So like when I say, but the players are going to be dealing with lasting injuries. Like I have torn up my hip and torn up my knee. Fortunately, I played in NFL, so I'm going to be able to afford to replace them because I was an employee and I could file for workers' compensation. And there are um, reimbursement plans through the NFL and I can afford to buy health care going forward. I have teammates who have torn up their hips and knees and shoulders and will at some point have to get those replaced. And the universities have benefited from that. The kids have no claim or the adults, the 40, 50 year olds, the 35 year olds who tore their knee up multiple times and went back out there to perform for the school have no recourse. And they didn't go pro. They work in a regular job and they may or may not have insurance. They have to figure out how to pay that because they did it while they were working for you. And like that. If you continue to pretend like they aren't employees, like to me, that is the crux of this. And every little solution yes. that they put out there is just like a, a minor step to like pacify everyone while they figure out how to continue to rig this system. Like it is it's not new. It's not going to change. They're not good. The, the people are not going to enforce uh, any rules that make it anywhere close to fair because, you know, what? people don't give up privilege. No <laughs> one's ever given it up, not voluntarily. And honestly not peacefully but in this case hopefully we can figure out a way for someone to relinquish that control peacefully so i guess the clarity on this that we should bring because this is an op-ed full of these uh midway points is that this is still binary this is wildly and clearly binary either you support these college athletes being employees or you are stuck trying to you know, make, okay, now, yes. Mr. One more Bosworth. thing. So about the idea about protecting these other sports, whose job is that? It's not the 18 year old kid who has a rare talent. Like the idea that the it's his responsibility. Like it's these football and basketball players responsibility to work hard enough to earn enough money to support other sports. Like the idea that you are pre presenting the argument that these athletes are bad or greedy because they deserve to get paid because this is going to shortchange another um, sport. Like why, if you care about these sports, then you invest in them. Don't ask the people who are already being taken advantage of and already sacrificing the most to continue to sacrifice. To me, it's ridiculous that that's a, even a starting point for a conversation. Like let's let it be a true labor market. And then we figure out after that, once everybody is getting paid, we figure out after that how you are going to support other programs and interests that you care about. No, the also, order, I don't know. The order maybe, of operations maybe, there, yes. Yeah, maybe maybe you want to go ahead and, and also consider the source of a school that has decided to write a one-team contract for its television rights to one network. If you don't want this, don't cash the checks. Don't cash it. Send it back. NBC will <laughs> happily take that money back.
It, it feels like in the end, the most compelling argument that any of these administrators is going to make to uh, to America is like, hey, don't you want college football the way you remember it? Like, that's what we're really dancing around is this notion of like, hey, NIL, like, the these, these sorry, super. No, well, I'm just I just want to characterize what they're mm -hmm. arguing. Right. They're saying all of this is changing and it's unregulated and that is true nil is fundamentally a broken system that is being built as a plane would be in the air as it proceeds there are great things happening there are also inequities right there are super PACs via these collectives that are wildly confusing that are just essentially doing the thing that people are saying is not happening what they are saying is that left unchecked college sports is not going to be the way that you like it. And what they cannot say yet is literally that they're going to dress it up in all of these ways, having to do with fairness and care for women's athletes and all this other stuff. But that is where we're going to be at the end of the day when it comes to that binary proposition that we laid out. I'm good. Yeah, too bad. Too bad. Sorry. <laughs> this all comes this all comes back to get, get, if I'm an athlete it's give me my money. Well, but what about tradition? Now, give me my money. Nothing. You have to take a hammer to it. I mean, that's really it. Like, I understand. It's fun to it's fun to throw around half measures. It really is. It's fun to have a debate that's civil. Take a hammer to it. Write someone a check. To me. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's frustrating and disappointing and then uh, angering and then even more upsetting when you realize that the proposition of this getting changed in the favor of the people who are being taken advantage of is not positive. And that really yep. makes me sad and angry. And, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, the... The idea that they are... It, I guess what, what bothers me the most and that really gets under my skin is let's be honest about what we're saying and I think keep things the way that they are. We've seen that it's changed and sports, college sports has gotten more professional. People have only started watching it more. So like the idea that it's somehow calling these people employees or treating them like um, professional athletes is gonna make people not watch it is like been proven to be untrue. So when you say something like what they are and like saying in a roundabout way, protects college football what you are doing in my view is dog whistling in some way about what certain people deserve and what certain people should get and it's not about actually protecting what you want to watch because what you want to watch what you want to participate in none of that changes there's not going to be a rule that says you can't get drunk in a parking lot before the games there's not going to be a rule that says that you can't cheer them on or paint your face there will be no rule that says you can't you can no longer have parties or put on the jerseys and like all that stuff is going to be the same it happens for pro sports and maybe in college campuses, there's a little different vibe around it, but playing the, paying the workers isn't going to change that. All it's going to do is make a certain group of people upset and angry and jealous and disappointed and whatever. And they're using this facade as like, it's going to change the way that you feel about the game. Everything changes. Deal with it. I don't know if that made any sense, but I'm angry. No, it, but it, it's, look, it's notable that the first line item of these, uh, these half measures is to start something else that's the nfl's minor league that's listen this is my favorite. sorry guys that's, that's sorry my favorite guys. thing i love that the first <laughs> policy prescription is why don't you guys go do this why don't you go build this right that's Can a you lot make like... us not have to be the thing we've been this entire time yeah specifically yeah why, why don't y'all go do this 
Like, I, that's an astonishing first move for me here, is to go suggest <laughs> that someone else go do some work. That's great. So, awesome. That's how you know this is an editorial written by committee. They're like, you know who needs to do some work? Someone else. Then go after the NFL. Like, I could appreciate if they took the position that we are developing players that are going to make you guys billions of dollars. We are introducing the country to guys that they will now care about and will make them more invested in your league. That's worth something. I'll give that to them. That is worth something. Not to these players. It's worth something to the NFL. So, again, it's about, like, rolling downhill. It's about power imbalance. It's about inequity. It's about... Unfortunately, it's about a lot of other things that really make me angry and upset. And in this case, rather than going after the NFL and saying, hey, how about y'all give us some money so that we can uh, so that we feel comp properly compensated for what we're creating for you? Because lots of you, we care about the draft. The whole draft process only matters because, you know, the players and you care about them. And you care about your teams, but it's also like you get excited because you saw this player balling out in college and you know them. So that has a value, but they're scared to go up against the NFL. Instead, they're going to keep picking on the players and exploiting the players and trying to give them a little half measure to keep them quiet. And to, frankly, to keep us all quiet. But I mean, I'm not good at that, as you can tell. I love it. One last thing. I love that one of the critiques of this is NIL is unregulated. It's unregulated. Since when do you, the American consumer, <laughs> care about something being unregulated? Huh? There's people who are probably against players being paid in any way or against college football going against tradition. Those people are probably still mad they have to wear seatbelts and can't smoke indoors. <laughs> right? Like... <laughs> I don't, I'm not asking I you to should, be consistent. I should I'm just going to point it out. NyQuil, what I want to do <laughs> is my God-given American right to take my sleep medicine as I desire. I mean, shouts out to NyQuil. I'm like... I know. It saved deep, Spencer last week or the week before that. Yeah, deep, yeah, deep respect to NyQuil. Classic. <laughs> regulated, by the way. Re regulated. A uh, uh, quality yeah, you know, product when the, is regulated. When the last <laughs> time you, you bought a bottle off the street that had a post-it on it that said NyQuil? Yeah, not, not never. Yeah, you're, you're, not, gonna, you're not gonna get go you're not gonna get small batch Nyquil. That's just not you don't <laughs> want that. I miss Spencer. I miss Spencer. Can I say that? Yeah, of course you can. You can miss him. I mean, I think that you might miss. Never mind. I don't want to get sad. Alabaster. <laughs> <laughs> Please keep our emotions suppressed like good alpha males. Well, there's someone that I have missed and all of ESPN has missed. And that's LeBron James, who's been out with the foot industry, uh, with a foot injury as he's popped up the entire so, uh, sports media complex. But we got encouraging news that he is back on the court. He sort of poured a little water on it, said there's no timeline, but they're reporting he could be back for the end of the season. So I ask you, if LeBron is le healthy, do you give the Lakers any chance of winning the West? So it's worth pointing out here a couple of things. Number one, subliminally, of course, LeBron James is our industry. Exactly. Number two. Floyd uh, was right about a couple of things. He's wrong yeah. about most things, but <laughs> he nailed a couple of these things anyway. He did. And the second thing that we always do on this show is read the NBA standings, because I'll just refresh our memories to point out that between the four seed, that's the Phoenix Suns, and the... 12 seed, the New Orleans Pelicans. We're talking about 38 and 34 all the way to 35 and 37. That is nine teams that are all bunched up together, leaving no room for the Holy Ghost, Dominique. So the question of, is LeBron James healthy? If we're granting ourselves that, um, that seems like a cheat code. But in that case, sure, 
because the four seed is pretty much the Lakers right now, give or take a game. Right, and it's not even just that the fourth seeds the Lakers because I could look at other teams or other times the West was stronger and just be like, it doesn't matter whether LeBron's healthy or not, they don't stand a chance. And this team that's currently constructed, I would say is not a championship caliber team. But then I look around the rest of the West and I'm like, uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, it doesn't feel like any of these teams are proven to a point where you should believe in them. At least not this season. I guess you could talk about the Warriors and their history, but they're at the bottom of the standings. Right. The teams at the top of the standings, the teams that everyone's supposed to fear, the teams that are going to be the like perennial favorites, in, or not perennial favorites, but the favorites this year, are teams that seem very flawed. And at least the Nuggets are in a swoon right now. So they're not even flawed yes. in playing well. They're flawed in playing poorly at the worst possible time. So we'll dive into the Lakers specifically in a second. But to your point, the Nuggets have 49 wins. The Grizzlies are the two seed with 45. Then it's the Kings with 43. So, like, none of us should feel great about those odds. Can we general. go one by one by those teams? Because, like, <laughs> okay, okay sure. so my issue with the, the Kings is they don't play defense and they're too young and inexperienced. They're, this just never happens in history. Like, you don't make go from being a terrible team in all the history and then all of a sudden you're good and then make a championship run. The, yeah, the thing with the Grizzlies is like John Morant, who knows? And also Steven Adams is hurt. Uh, you have that issue. And then you go with the number one seat. They aren't good right now. And then they're relying on players who are not nearly as good as Jokic. And we haven't seen Jokic take it to that next level. Like It, it feels ridiculous to say something about someone who could be a three-time MVP like there's another level that you need to reach but there is some level that we saw Giannis reach in his finals where we're like man Giannis one of the best players in the league but there's this this nonsensical thing that we all have to accept is real is like this want to-ness that some yeah. players ab absolutely have and when there there's no other options they can take it over the top we know LeBron can do that We've seen AD do a version of that in the bubble. We have not seen. Yes, that is what it is. It's the dog. It you is have the dog. That Lenny in you. Yeah. yeah. And, and look, and, it, it, there is, there is, but on that, there is, there is Stugatz in this, right? Because it is do it in the playoffs. Right. It's do it in the playoffs. And as much as that is a thing that the MVPs and all of the objective evaluation of him being awesome should should tamp down it is a truth that like he hasn't done it in the postseason when as we've said many times on the show as well the basketball is different the benches right. are shorter the stakes the game planning i have seen i have I, mean, I won't fall into a doc rivers rabbit hole here and get emotional but we've seen regular season versus postseason distinctions become very real Right. And and the thing about the Lakers, though, and this is, I guess, the case is Alabaster. I can I can sense him itching a little bit. The case is, OK, Austin Reeves is part of that case, which is very funny to me. Uh, Mayo Mamba uh, shooting more from the free throw line than anybody else, including Giannis over the last four games. He had a 35 point game. He is somebody who is a point guard, who is everything the Lakers need. He's an on ball defender. He is. I, I imagine. I imagine a world in which he and Alex Caruso are still in the Lakers, Dominique. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I, oh my gosh. I, I this is, this is. Uh, can you imagine how jealous Boston would overwhelming. be? Overwhelming. Oh, they'd be <laughs> yes. so upset. They, like, they would be like, beat the Lakers if you have to. <laughs> <laughs> They're quietly photoshopping uh, them both into like leprechaun <laughs> outfits. Yeah, all of that would happen. And here's the thing with LeBron being out. They are seven and five. And the big distinction between the pre-deadline Lakers and the post-deadline Lakers is that the post-deadline Lakers are the best defense in the NBA. 
correct me if I'm wrong, Alabaster, but that is what Jared Vanderbilt and all of these dudes they've assembled and acquired have done for a team that still has trouble shooting threes, but can absolutely defend. The question, though, I think is like players like Vanderbilt and also players like Reeves, but Vanderbilt more than Reeves is what will happen to him when teams are game planning against them. Uh, and the answer to that question is LeBron James, like uh, the, the smartest basketball mind we could have possibly ever seen is going to be on that floor. And they don't stand a chance without him out there and healthy. So if he's out there, maybe he can solve the um, conundrum that would be caused by teams not guarding Jared Vanderbilt, but he's an athletic slasher, or, or and and I guess Reeves is not someone you leave open. But these are players that we haven't seen relied on in big moments, and and that's what it always comes down to. Whenever LeBron has not won a championship, I guess with the exception of the the Mavs one, where it seemed like the problem was he didn't have an answer for <laughs> that he was smaller yeah. than JJ Barea. Yeah. yeah, but I mean the the answer is that the other guys don't step up, right? And they they can't meet that moment because it's rare that we see LeBron fall short. So that's going to be the question again. Is this roster going to be uh, mentally tough enough and talented enough to rise to the moment? Yeah, Anthony Davis, obviously, like we we always get to him eventually when we talk about this team. And the reality is that he has been managed uh, load wise recently. He is somebody who they expect to be in this through the stretch run. Alabaster, what are we missing here on the Lakers? Because to me, it's a clear case of if you're giving us a healthy LeBron James, I can't take the Sacramento Kings. I'm sorry. Is... I'm just I watch too much basketball to do that. The, this was the ding, ding, ding. It's the Jared Vanderbilt and Anthony Davis combination where we wrote off Anthony Davis and his brittle little bones earlier this season. It's not still being able to anchor a defense like this, but this is actually a championship defense. And I, we don't know what version of LeBron we're getting, but the interesting thing in the West is it's whose brittle bones do you trust the most? LeBron and Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant and Chris Paul's, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George's. And even on the Nuggets, oh, you've got Michael Porter Jr. with his yeah. seven-year-old back and yeah. Jamal Murray coming off of an ACL injury. And so and like... There's no safe health bet. It's no. not even Michael Porter Jr.'s back, though. It's also Michael Porter Jr. being Michael Porter Jr. And by that, I mean, like, vastly underachieving for his talent level. And that's someone who it feels like you want to be able to rely on. Like, I, I think that he should be, like, their clear number two, like, fighting for number one with his ability, his offensive ability and his athleticism should translate to him being an incredible defender, but it yes. never quite gets to where you expect it to be. What happened to Coach's son? When you coach his son, you're supposed to do everything <laughs> right, right? What happened to that? Is that not a thing anymore? Does, does Coach's son not carry the same, like, basketball intangibles? I want to go through the league and find all the people. Yeah, when did it coaches. turn? Yeah. Where's, <laughs> like, Austin, where's, where's Austin Rivers, now that I mentioned his dad? Where's he at? Oh, he's podcasting. Austin Rivers is podcasting oh, for The Ringer. So maybe ever coaches' feel bad. sons are now very different. Yeah. You ever feel bad for Boston because like we make Boston Boston racist jokes as if every other city in America is <laughs> <laughs> like better? Uh, I'm sorry, like, Boston. You I feel guys like it's our bad. our willingness to overlook Mark Wahlberg's personal <laughs> Wikipedia page is balanced out by us going all the way in whenever it comes to sports. They gave That's us Bobby Brown, though. Trade. They did give us Bobby Brown. Man, they did. <laughs> I think it's what Boston represents. When I make Boston jokes, I'm not talking about Boston specifically. I think that's, that's right. what I'm going to go on. That's right. Yeah, that's right. There, there are some good ones. <laughs> this is how, yeah. this is how one would say it. Good uh, apple, bad orchard. Um, uh, oh gosh. 
right, guys, we are at the Sweet 16, taping this before Thursday night's games. But what would be the most interesting storyline for you coming out of this weekend as we head into the Final Four? For the podcast audience, Dominique's face is so excited to dissect the tournament field. I want to no, hold on. I have I have I have a thing that I'm fascinated by authentically, Dominique, by this topic, and it's the fact that all these coaches are complaining that the ball's too the ball is too damn bouncy. That is a storyline right now. Everybody's like, is it the ball? It's the lowest three point percentage in like ever in tournament history, and people are asking all these coaches why this is, and they're all saying like, you guys, you idiots are putting too much air into the ball it's way too bouncy and this explains all of it which makes me laugh yeah that seems absurd um that is not a storyline that i'm interested in or excited excited by like i mean i i guess honestly i was i was gonna pull the pivot to the women's side because actually that is more interesting to me like Aaliyah boston and don staley dominate yeah. like they are undefeated just plowing through people and they're 20 point favorites in the next coming game and Caitlin Clark uh, destroyed my Terrapins, and her just putting team that team on her back is a lot more interesting, honestly, than the men's stuff. But talking about the men's tournament, Houston is the one that's the most interesting to me, I guess. I mean, honestly, Alabaster, I think it's Alabaster's about... Alabaster's finger crawled yeah. out and tapped on Princeton on this card. Yeah, which... wait, I'm not doing that. that I don't find I that interesting either. at all. It I doesn't matter either. to me. Like, I think it's normally the stories, what matters about storylines are um, personalities and personalities that we know. So, like, we go with Tom Izzo at Michigan State because I know him. And I think yep. uh, Samson at uh, Houston is another guy who, like, we're aware of and understand that they could have the Final Four in their home city, which would be fun and interesting. But I, I feel like the NCAA tournament is more about the intensity of the games than it is any one particular storyline. And I am purposely hopscotching around one storyline that I'm not going to bring up, but I'm sure you will. <laughs> I don't want to either. And here's the here's the very open secret. The NCAA doesn't yeah. want to bring the storyline up either. There is that can you imagine the one shining moment montage? Like it's just it's just uncomfortable. It's, I mean it, you have it's, to it's, tell I, them what you're talking about. I mean we have to I mean we're 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 talking about the fact that uh University of Alabama uh has this player who is embroiled in a scandal involving murder and it's yeah. just sort of like what do we do with that well i direct you fair podcast and video listener slash watcher to go read about it because what we know is that he's not actually being investigated by the legal system releases no arrest nothing on that front for brandon miller who is the number two pick in the draft soon to come um but it doesn't erase the fact that he has been connected to a story that really makes it hard to wipe all the Vaseline on the lens and yeah. do the soft focus features, Dominique. And that's what March is ultimately about. It's like, give us players we've never heard of and the ones we have, make us, make our our hearts warmed by them. Yeah. And this is one of those things where it's like, I got, I feel like I got to go into, you know, outside the lines mode whenever I and talk I think, about Alabama. Right. Which is not as much fun. And I think that he's, he's clearly the best player or at least the best yes. pro, pro prospect. And this team is probably the best team in the tournament when they are playing well. I mean, they're not as healthy as they once were, so that matters. So that they have a good chance of making it to the Final Four and us having to have these conversations over and over again. I don't think that is the most interesting story. Like, I think Gonzaga maybe finally getting over the hump and winning a championship could be something. But, like, I, yep. I know I'm supposed to like the guys who stay for all four years Drew and Timmy. still somehow have an extra year of eligibility. <laughs> 
but that don't get me excited. You know why you're still there? <laughs> you know why you're still there. I don't have to say it. Like it ain't, it's not, it's not because you promised your mom you was gonna graduate. It's because they they are not calling for you at the draft, and it's just not. A, no, it's because he loves he loves sociology classes, oh, Dominique. Exactly. It's because he can't get enough. Mark Few of statistics is like his dad. Plus social science. Uh, yeah. Oh, it, home away from home. Actually, he has, a, he, has, he has a lot of. There's a lot of people don't realize Alabaster that Van Wilder is actually a sad story. People don't talk enough about how that's a cautionary tale. Nobody knows what Van Wilder is. Can I uh, give you my my storyline? Uh-oh. Well, first of all, Pablo, great great job on the bouncy ball. Most wedgies. Ball stuck in the side of the rim in NCAA history in that first weekend from the bouncy balls. Um, but mm. my storyline That feels like is, it doesn't work. It feels like it should be in conflict. Yeah, it feels like it proves know. that the ball's not that bouncy. I'm not a physicist. Um, I mean, I would think that it would get wedged more if it was softer. Like, it was... It's fuller, it's harder. This is where the ideal me. gas law guy should be back yeah, on. Like yeah. his agent is failing him. This is it's your time, buddy. <laughs> uh, but the other storyline is Marquise Noel in Kansas State. I cannot wait for this guy to lead, lead Kansas State to the final four and oh, have yeah. LeBron tweet about how he needs Marquise Noel on his team <laughs> and Rob Palenka to mortgage whatever picks he has left to move up to get this guy and then LeBron oh, to leave gosh. in a year. So it all comes back to our guy. You, 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 so you, the, the ghost of Shabazz Napier is what you're most interested in, in short, which is right. honestly, again, thank you for the industry provided by the man aforementioned. Yeah, I mean, he's, the highlights from their, their most recent game was fun. He was incredible. Like the big shots he was hitting, so impressive that, I mean, he was called, was it the kid, the little kid? Is that what, um, who's the coach that he knocked out that like in the post game press conference? Oh, it's Kentucky. It was Kyle. In the post-game oh, press conference. Oh, yeah. Cal called like, him little kid. Yeah. yeah. And it was like he was cooking him. The passes were better than the shots. But, I mean, that is what March is about, us getting introduced to these new people. And only for that moment. Like, that's the best version of March is where you're like, hey, Jimmer Fredette, we're going to get to yeah. know you. But we <laughs> yes. are not going to see you very often. Like, you're going to go to the Kings and then disappear for, from us. Like, that's kind of the best parts of March, right? Oh, no, it's 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 the idea of going from getting pitsnoggled to then being <laughs> educated by Kevin Pitsnoggle, I believe uh. like current phys ed teacher. There's a photo we can find and throw up here probably. But I recently saw a photo of Kevin Pitsnoggle and it's like, oh, life came at you very fast. I'm scared. I don't want to see this picture. Is it going to make me sad? I, as as you know, I don't do much social media anymore, so I miss out on these things. And is it going to make me angry or sad? What's it going to do? It's, it's just sad if you imagine Mr. Pitsnoggle getting yelled at. You've been pitsnoggled by like a kid who's like holding up a garbage can and another kid's like throwing a paper ball. <laughs> then it's, it's just amazing. unbelievably depressing. Other than that, he seems to be doing fine. Shout out, Pitts. Um, all right, guys, let's move we on. We got them all? Okay, good. We got them all. Let's Ooh. move on to some quotes. Got some whodunits. I'll give you the quote. You guys have got a minute? Let us know who done it. First one. Oh, wow. It's about LeBron. LeBron's game. <laughs> I never really liked his game. To me, when I was younger, he was just super athletic. I wasn't that. He was 6'8 and super strong. I wasn't that either. So I never, like, related. Just, just kill you a skill. It's fun beating Braun. Um, and your choices are Tyrese Halliburton, Trey Young, Dylan Brooks, or Shea Gilgis Alexander. I don't know. I just, I mean, this is this is gone too far. 
Like, I think you know how Wikipedia, you can, like, donate. We should donate to LeBron. <laughs> I don't know what the answer is, Pablo. I'll leave it up to you to pick what the answer is. But goodness gracious, are we milking this man for all he's worth? I, I can only guess that it's Dylan Brooks because it feels at this point like a Dylan Brooks thing to say. Dylan Brooks is not like a skill somebody down, no guy. Is he? Dylan Brooks is not anything that Dylan Brooks says he is, and yet he says it anyway. So if that's I, I the disagree. standard, I feel like, okay, so wait, you, you think, what, Trey Young? You think it's a Trey Young kind of a nah. vibe with this quote? It's Halliburton doesn't seem like that. SGA. I don't, so. I don't know. All right, Dylan Brooks. I'm with you. Let's go, Dylan Brooks. All right, let's see what we got. Like his game, I never really liked his game. Because he was just, he was just, to me when I was younger, he was just like super athletic. I wasn't that. He was 6'8 and super strong, and I wasn't that either. So, like, I never like. I respect that. Related. I was always a Kobe person. Yeah, me too. <laughs> just kill you with skill. Yeah. It is fun being Braun. Oh, I see. See, I misread the quote. He was actually complimenting LeBron right. and kind of being self aware about himself. Yeah. And so, apologies to Dylan Brooks for ever assuming you would be any of those things. Yeah. It's also ridiculous that anyone would pose the idea that the opposite of LeBron James is Kobe Bryant. <laughs> like Kobe is, was not a ridiculous athlete who could like, is almost just as impossible to copy. Yeah. Like goodness yeah, gracious. Yeah. It's like, I mean, look, I understand I that never, he would skill you down, but. <laughs> I was never somebody who related to Zeus. I was more of a <laughs> Thor guy. Like, okay. Exactly. It's all a... very relatable. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's ridiculous. Shea Gilgis Alexander dressing loudly, uh, also just a fashion forward dude. Shout out to him. If he'd have went pit snoggle there, a lot of respect. A lot of respect <laughs> if he said, I wasn't 6'8, but you know, modeled my game after pit snoggle. That's right. What's pit snoggle? I don't even remember. Kevin. Kevin. After. It's, well, no, now it's Mr. Yeah. My first after. name is Mr. to you. <laughs> Mr. Pit Snoggle. <laughs> All right, guys, got another from? quote oh, no, for no, you. No, no. We're, we're staying here. You can cut it out if you oh, want to. Oh, the genealogy of Pit Snoggle. I mean, Let's find out. Because, like, most last names, right, is like from occupations or something like that, right? Yeah, like, that's my favorite Dominique take. Yeah, exactly. Right. It is. It is. Like, yeah, you, you were, your ancestors were worth a fox. I mean, not my ancestors. <laughs> cut that out of the show. <laughs> <laughs> the the ancestors that owned my ancestors <laughs> but i guess also uh, mine ancestors yeah 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 noted noted uh, okay uh, never mind yeah it was, just a, it was just a little detour you can cut it out let's go let's do some more dunnits all right next quote it's um, next quote this is what this is What's what movies are made of this is what movies are you know uh, this is what movies are made of four months <laughs> away i come back two free throws don't worry about it. I got that. And your choices are Anthony Edwards, Zion Williamson, Carl Anthony Towns, or Ben Simmons. Okay. Yeah, that's got to be Carl um, Anthony Towns or Cat, right? I feel like both of them are capable of saying something like this. But if Carl Anthony Towns said it, it'd be cute. If oh, Cat says Anthony- it, we'd be annoyed. Wait, wait, wait. Anthony. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anthony Edwards said it, we'd love it. If Cat yeah. said it, we'd be annoyed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's see if we're annoyed. Carl Anthony Towns. All right. This is what movies is made of. Yeah. This is what movies is made of. Four months away, I come back to free throws. Don't worry about it. I got that. Oh, God. I'm annoyed. I don't like that I'm annoyed. I like to be open-minded and empathetic towards someone who's trying so hard that his skin is translucent. And I can see into him. And I can see him trying. Because I relate to that on some level. 
But like, we this all is, do. This, it's a, it, this is a cousin, Dominique, of it's a cousin of the time he was talking to Israel Gutierrez like this. It's like that. It's so tough, man. Like, I, I'll clear out. You can have this one all by yourself. You can destroy it. Because, I don't like, want it anymore. Yeah, it's not fun anymore. Because it's like, <laughs> it, it's, I think the point that I made off the top is the right thing about Carl Anthony Towns is it's you now. Like you've expended whatever goodwill that we offered and that's something that we would celebrate for somebody else or that we would think was benign for somebody else. If it comes out of Carl Anthony Towns' mouth, you have uh, he's predisposed in all of our minds to think of him as being inauthentic. You know, that's, and that's that, the and sin. That, that is, and, and it sucks because his we talked about Vaseline on the lens, heartwarming stories. He has it. He has it like oh, go yeah. back through his Can life and his family through the pandemic. And here ah. he is. And he is awesome at basketball objectively. And everyone is basically like let's 20 minutes it. saying, let's change it. Okay, We don't okay. have to be that. All right, let's start over. That was yeah, dope. Yeah. That was dope. <laughs> Man, the way cat came through was clutch. And that was dope. The way that he put it, he said it with his chest big time. I could not see into his chest because it was full of dogs. <laughs> Ooh, there were so man. many dogs inside of Carl Anthony Towns that oh, I became man. I became inspired. Who are the, the producers? Sheer... I'm sure there are TV producers or movie producers banging down his door right now because that's what <laughs> movies are made of. I think Steven Spielberg is probably slamming his director's All chair. All right, now it's or, me again. Oh, too far? Now it's clearly it's me. me okay, it's I'm sorry. I'm not good at being nice. <laughs> The, the nice quotient is going to go down real fast around here, real soon. All right, guys. Real low turbo quote. bar on the Dominique niceties. Yeah. One last quote. So I don't have sex nights before games. I want to have fresh legs. You know what I'm saying? Wifey going to kill me, though. It'd be hard, though, because you got games every other day. Shout out to wifey, man. And your choices are Patrick Beverly, Jimmy Butler, Giannis, or Joel Embiid. So, Giannis has had sex things in the past. He has. Like, so it could be him. He's a suspect. Um, He's definitely a suspect. Uh-huh. And um, Bede is, is, this is a tough one because I could see them all saying this. I agree. Patrick I agree. Beverly has a podcast, though. He does. It seems like he something does. he would try to get people. I feel like if any of these other people said it, we would have heard it. Like, it wouldn't right. be a question. If anybody, any of those three said it, we would have heard it. I feel like it's Patrick Beverly. All right, we're going to say Patrick Beverly, and if it's Giannis, we are truly the LeBron James-centric media organism that we've been making fun of. So, A, final Sounds answer. like... So, I don't have sex. Yes! Oh. Of course not. You know, like... You don't want to have wifey, you fresh know. legs. You know yeah, I, mean? I want to have fresh... You know what I'm saying? Of course. Yeah, so... But, like... <laughs> but there's players... Wifey that... go kill me, though. Yeah. yeah. Of course. It'd be hard, though, because you got game every other day and you know what I'm saying? So when I was in LA, like, like that's tough. I don't want yeah. to get too deep of it, but hey, wifey. Yeah, you know, you can paint the dots. Shout out to wifey, man. That was really terrible. You know what is really <laughs> sad is how pervasive misinformation is. Yes. That's really unfortunate because even the misinformation that could be beneficial to you is myth. No, we're not doing this. It's misinformation that is because the whole legs gone thing. I watch sports science. Uh huh. Myth. Myth. Yeah. John Brenkis. Yeah. Myth. Out here. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. Did they have John Brinkus try that? <laughs> I presume. Google I presume it. They, they, they had to. Did, did John Brinkus. I-
There, there are studies for everything, man. Find out the studies. There are studies. <laughs> Universities will study anything. Meanwhile, uh, Larsa Pippen has conducted oh, a study of her own um, because she said oh, that gosh. she had sex with Scottie Pippen four times a night for 23 years. And all Goodness I can think gracious. about that is like, that feels like a Michael Jordan reference designed to haunt <laughs> Scottie Pippen. Like, you really had to throw 23 in there? Okay, good. Spelt, I'm proud of you. Non-accidental. Yeah. I was nervous about this, about that card, not because of what's on the card, but where you were going to take the card. And I'm proud of you. Good job. I Shout mean, the Scottie. refractory period on Scottie Pippen, though, like we talked about turbo <laughs> bars. Holy. I think people think the impressive part is that he played afterwards. No, <laughs> no. What are you, 16, Scottie Pippen? What is going on? Yeah. I mean, his crew did sort of go off the rails with the back injury, so. <laughs> I mean. <sighs> Oh, man. DNP back blown out is what you're saying. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh man, I don't think that's what we want to end this show. I'm pretty I mean, sure that's not how we want to end. It's not it. how I wanted to, <laughs> but the card is up, and it seems like that's how we are ending it. Oh my gosh! Get me out of here, Scotty Pippen. So we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll continue this offline. No, we won't. We yeah. won't. We what? Hold on, I'm gonna I Facetime won't. you guys real quick.